soldiers to win the loss for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm reading for you as a start in Proverbs 24 verse 10 to 12. Amen. Proverbs 24 verse 10 to 12. If you are, if you are lacking in the day of distress, your strength is limited. What does that mean? In the uh, uh, other translation would say, in the day of adversity, and you falter or you lack strength, it means your strength is limited. If you are slack, the Bible says, verse 10, if you are slack, in the day of adversity, the reason is, it's because you, your strength is limited. Do you hear that? That means that when we win souls, we are always having opposition. There's always trouble. There's always Satan attacking us. And verse 10 tells us that we need power. We need strength to win souls. Amen. That strength we know comes from the Holy Spirit. Verse 11. Deliver those who are being taken away to death. Do you hear that word? And those who are staggering to slaughter, oh, hold them back. Do you hear the cry there? Oh, hold them back. Those who are st st uh, st staggering 
in, or being dragged away to be slaughtered. Satan wants to take as many people as possible with him to hell. The devil is doomed and an enemy or a person that's doomed don't care if he accumulate more crimes because he has no conscience. Satan has no conscience and he wants to take as many as possible to hell. Verse 11 says, Deliver, or a good other translation would say, Rescue those who are being taken away to hell, to death. Death is separation from God, who is the source of all life. Verse 12 Try to describe if you excuse yourself, then God gonna hold you responsible for not being involved in winning souls. I was thinking, don't ever let there be people in hell, even today, and maybe also in the future, that you worked with, you studied with them. They were your neighbors, opposite neighbors. You often were in the bus or the taxi together, but you've never shared with them the Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven. You can see them in hell cursing you, being very disappointed in you. They will even in hell say, why didn't you tell me, even though I would have laughed at you, mock at you, maybe oppose you, maybe speak bad about you, or avoid you, please just tell me. Amen. Andre Krauts has a song, tell them, even if they don't believe you. Jesus says, just tell them for me. Just tell them for me. You need to know, Noah preached 120 day years and no one came to repentance. Don't you think God knew before Noah started to preach that no one is going to come? Why did God then let Noah go ahead? It's because God wanted to sow He's innocent of the blood of every person. Therefore, all unsafe will appear before the white, great white throne. Why white? Because God wants to say he's just in the way he's going to judge them. Verse 12, if you say, see, we did not know this, does he who consider it who, uh, uh, who weighs the hearts and does he not know it who keeps your soul and will he not render to man according to his work? Amen. Do you see that? God says, how can you say, I did not know, I didn't share. In fact, a healthy Christian is someone who is sharing the gospel with anybody and everybody. 
because the message is so vital, so urgent, and so important. As I preach to you, I pray also for a fresh and a greater burden for the loss. Let's pray this together now in the name of the Lord Jesus. But before that, I must say Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where Jesus said they must wait in Jerusalem until they are clothed with power from on high. He says the Spirit will come upon you and you shall receive power to be my witnesses. The evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not in the first place just speaking in tongues, but it is power to receive power. For what is the power? Not to fellowship and just enjoy one another, but to be my witnesses. Amen. Jesus wants us to be witnesses. Say, I am a witness of the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word witness there in Greek is the word Martha. In, uh, in other words, somebody that is a martyr. You understand, somebody that suffer. I receive power from the Holy Spirit to suffer any opposition but to preach Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But what I want to highlight is that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Years ago, I read a little book when I was young of Charles Finney, who was one of the most successful evangelists of all time. Why successful? Because 80% of his converts who run into the thousands and millions, they all remain faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and never backslidden, 80%. And he even taught me, which I later will show you, how to share the gospel with sinners. Do you hear what I am saying? He had a booklet and it's called Power from on High. And he said, you cannot preach the gospel without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to know when we speak to the lost, they are dead in their sin. And you know the heavy weight of a dead person. And to even bring that person to life, it demands power. So never give up what you've tried in the past and say it doesn't work. We must ask God, we need power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray now, but I'm quoting also Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 says, If the iron is not sharpened and it is blunt, then it, you need more strength to, 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 to be effective. You assert more strength. You are wasting a lot of energy 
because the iron is not sharpened. I'm reading it. If the axe is dull and it does not sharpen its edge, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10, then he must assert more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. You need to know when you share Christ Jesus, number one, you share it with a dead person, dead towards God, and the Holy Spirit must come over that person as you speak to Him, and your words must be packed and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Then your words goes into His heart like arrows, it's like an axe. It can chop off trees. The bi trees is likened to human beings. The Bible says, Psalm 1, and we shall grow like a tree planted by streams of water. So this verse, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10, must take us back to 2 Kings chapter 6, which I will read now for you. Amen. Because there the story goes that the, the, the prophets, the sons of the prophets were sitting with Elisha and they realized the space that they are living in is too limited. There are too many. They need a larger space. And then they say, let's go and take down trees and build a larger place place do you hear the word of the lord so if we want to grow our church larger a mega church then we need to win souls and the best is to win souls than to let people from other churches join us that's fine but most of the time people coming from other churches come with a lot of baggages but God can clean them up and show them the right way if they are obedient. But it takes time. But fresh fish, people that comes out of the world, they can be formed by the teaching, the doctrine of friends of Daniel Kingdom Church. They can grow quickly. I have seen in our church, even my son's wife, Liesl, I've seen Simeon, I've seen many others who got born again at our, in our church. They grow quick. They, they develop quickly. Amen. It's those who are for long more un, in the way than on the way. My God help us. But I'm showing you if the X is dull. And you don't sharpen its edge. Then you must assert more strength. You find evangelism stays tough. And let me say to you. One soul is so precious to God. Just the other day I said to brother Raiden. To think we had a tent here on the field some years ago. And I remember we had it I think for two weeks or more or less, but out of all of them that came, two remain. And the two people is Brother Glenn and, and Sister Leah 
And then Glenn's wife also came to the Lord. Brother Glenn, February. Wasn't it worth all the money, all the effort to see Sister Leah serving the Lord through her? Sister Anna came to the Lord. And probably I know she's spoken to many other sinners. And Brother Glenn, and then his, through him, his wife came to the Lord. And look at Jelano and Jay Lee. They're serving the Lord. Amen. So never take one soul for granted. Amen. It's worth the money. It's worth the time. It's worth the effort. Man, amen. So out of 10 you are speaking at university or at school or in the street, only one may respond positively to Jesus. The other laugh and the other take you for a joke, but it will be worth the one soul that is so precious to the Lord. A soul is a soul and it is precious to God. That's what we have start with. Lady Pastor uh, Ada sang for us. A soul is a soul. Precious to God. Because it's of eternal value. Amen. A soul is of eternal value. Every human being is made in the image of God. And God loves them. Because there's eternity Either with God or in hell, in man there's eternity. If you want to know the value of a thing, you must look at its, it, the quality of material it's made of. Man is made of God. That's the quality. Amen. And then you look not only at the quality of the object you buy, but the durability. Amen. And man is an eternal being. And God loves every human being. Stubborn, foolish, or, uh, or, 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 or just mocking God. But God demonstrated His love in Christ Jesus to them. The key and a beautiful verse. I'll go further now. John 3 verse 16. If you want to preach the gospel, you don't know how there is the gospel. Break it down in a nutshell. John 3 verse 16. I remember Billy Graham came to South Africa the first time. And he preached on Alice Park uh, uh, Stadium with thousands. And it was live on television too. You know what was his message? John 3 Verse 16, and he broke it down for God. Who is this God? What is this God like? Why is this God? And then he says, for God so love, so love. He said, anybody else might love you, but not at the cost of his own life. And especially to die for sinners. For God so love. And his love is so wide, he loves the world. 
Amen. Many people's love is just for their family, limited to those who are good to you. But God loves atheists. God loves agnostics. God loves Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists. God loves all kinds of people, gangsters, prostitutes, gay, homosexual, lesbians. God loves all people. For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? He didn't give any. He gave the best. His only son. Then the invitation is not to some. But to whosoever. Whosoever believed. Amen. And then the word is should not perish. Should not go to hell. Amen. Do you hear me? Should not perish. But have eternal life. Do you have the gospel in a nutshell? I'm quoting John 3 verse 16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you hear how I'm reading it? Do you hear how I'm speaking? You must never just run over the word of God. You must lay emphasis on certain parts. You must let it sink into people's heart. And you must repeat it to the lost sinner. Because the word of God is the seed of God. The word of God and a birth takes place through a seed and the womb, the womb is the word, is the seed, and the Holy Spirit gives life to it. Amen. Therefore, where the Holy Spirit and the word connects, something came in to come into being that never existed. Just like the sperm of a man meets the egg of the woman, then some a being come into being. That never existed. Therefore the new birth is a miracle. It's a miracle. And once it happened. It cannot be reversed. Like a birth cannot be reversed. Amen. Therefore Jesus says. Unless a man is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, it's only when you're born again, John 3, verse 3, that your eyes open up. Then verse 6 says, unless a man is born of, the, of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You enter the water is the word and the spirit is the Holy Spirit. Once it connects. The person becomes a new creation, a new creature. We belong unsafe in our unfull state to the old creation. But once you're born again, you have something of God in you and it belongs to the new creation. In other words, it's a deposit in you that causes you to long. For not this old creation. You finish with this world. 
You long for the new creation. Therefore you feel at home in this old creation. You feel at home and you feel not pleasure. Pleasure in this world. You long for the new creation. Please write down. One thing, I'm giving you scriptures because a soul winner must be loaded with scripture. With I'm arming you. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The All things have passed. Behold, all things are new. And this is of God. Hallelujah. You must memorize and know these scriptures. Because anytime the Holy Spirit wants you to quote it and share it with somebody. Even as you are winning souls, write down the scripture. Give it to the person. Watch up it. SMS. Message it. Text it to somebody. Clear. Ask the person to look for it. In the Bible. I'm quoting 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. If any man. If you say you save. If any man is in Christ. Hallelujah. He's a new creature. The old things have passed. The word behold means see the evidence that all things are new. Praise God. Amen. All things are new. Praise the Lord. I am back by Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 because I'm sharing slowly but powerfully to you. To pray, I pray that you ask God, God give me a burden. God give me love for the loss. There's a song that one of the brothers sing in the 5,000 seated tent of my friend evangelist Nikki could see. And he sings this song, give me a heart for others that I might bring them to you. Amen. Praise God. That's what we ask God. God give me a heart. For the loss. Whether it's in the restaurant. Or by the soccer field. Or in the mall. Or in the shopping mall. Or where you walk and shop. Wherever you are. That you see people. They are lost. That's how you have to look at. And then you have to ask God, give me an opportunity to share Jesus with them. And the main thing is you share Jesus, the Lord Jesus. Don't speak just about God. There are many gods. There are other religions that believe. If you say God is good, God loves you, they will say, no, it's true. If you say Jesus loves you, you can start with God just to open the person up. But then you must come with the answer, with the solution. 
Jesus is the answer for the world today. Derek Prince was speaking to a Muslim person when he was a soldier trying to win him to, for the Lord. Then as they parted the evening, the man promised he's going to speak to God to save him because he realized his loss. And then the next day, Derek Prince, before he asked him a question, if he did pray and ask God to come into his life, he could see very little has changed. And the man said, yes, I prayed, but nothing happened. He said, how did you pray? He says, I prayed in the God of my Arabic language. Derek Prince says, no, you must call upon Jesus Christ. And when he did that, Derek Prince says he did not need to ask him. He could see on his face, he had met Jesus Christ. Jesus is in his life. And in his heart. Amen. So don't let us be ashamed. Of the name of the Lord Jesus. He is the answer. For the world today. And for any type of sinner. Christ Jesus is the answer. Let's pray. Amen. Pray with me. Say Lord God. Baptize me. With the love. For the loss, the kind of love that Jesus had, that took him to the cross. Let that love of Jesus drives me, compels me, and force me to share the gospel with anyone and everyone. Create opportunities for me. And help me to discern when the moment has arrived to share Jesus Christ with the lost. Even if there is no such opportunity, help me to create an opportunity. Because your word says, I must preach the gospel in season and out of season. My message is urgent. I am an ambassador with the message of reconciliation from enemies of God to friends with God through Jesus Christ. Baptize me with the love of Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. I need power, the power of the Holy Spirit to raise dead sinners. To life in Christ Jesus. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm here to, to show you now in, in uh, first King, Second Kings chapter 6. To show you how acts need to be sharpened. In other words. In Second Kings chapter 6. It speaks of the church must be enlarged. We want a mega church. My wife read to you in Luke chapter 14 that the Lord was upset that many rejected his invitation. And we must also realize many people will reject our invitation. They might receive and they will be overwhelmed if they get an invitation from the president 
of South Africa to be maybe at the union buildings over two days of uh, an invitation from the White House or uh, the President of the United States of America, an invitation from the Queen of England. But this is the invitation above all invitations to get away from Satan and to get and to make heaven your home and to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Luke chapter 14, the Bible says everyone had an excuse for not coming and all excuses of sinners Why they don't want to repent, even if it's the message come the first time. You know why? It's because they believe the lies of the devil. And it's because, secondly, they love their sin, their disobedience to God, their rebellion towards God, their pride towards God. They in love with their sin, with their disobedience. Now they have excuses that holds no water. In Luke 14, three excuses of three different people, but it was all lies. And let me hasten to say, therefore, Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter that my wife read to you, it says, who will be in hell outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, The witchcraft people, the idolaters, the murderers, the adulterers. And then he says, those who love and practice lies. Do you hear me? The lies speaks of useless excuses. Excuses that don't hold water. My God. Amen. Liars. In other words, I cannot come to church this morning with you. I won't be there next week. I had a headache. No, I, uh, my mom fell sick. All these are, 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 are lies. It's believing in their sin and the pleasure of their sin. My God, look at Luke chapter 14. How the first excuse was, I bought a land and now I have to go and inspect it. Mm-hmm. How can you do something? It's foolishness. First you inspect a car or a land and then you make up your mind to buy it. That tells you that excuse will a lie. The second one says, I bought five pair of oxen. And I need to go and test them. My God. You first test a car. Before you buy the car. My Lord. So that excuse hold no water. Then thirdly the man said. I got married. And I cannot now. Most people. Don't come to the Lord. Because of a other loved one. Because of friends. Because of love for the church. Love for the the, uh, religion, love for sin, love for friends or wife or life, love for uh, 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 the husband. No, they cannot now come for the company they keep, 
for the class of people they were. It's all lies. My God have mercy on us. But what I want to show you in Luke chapter 14. The Lord who had the dinner. Who kept the dinner for the people. He wanted a la- He wanted every room to be filled. They came back his servants and said. No we went into the highways. The byways. And, but there's still room. And he, he sent them out again. And he said, because I want my house to be filled. We must work, beloveds, each one of us. To bring people to the Lord Jesus. Because a large church speaks something to the world and to others. Do you hear me? We need to work for a mega large church. I'm reading now Second Kings Chapter 6, hallelujah. Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Behold, now the place before where we are living is too limited for us. Please let us go to Jordan, and each of us take from there a beam, and let us make a place there for ourselves where we may live. So we said, go. Then one said, please be willing to go with your servant." And he answered, I shall go. Key is, you need to know, you have to have an axe armed. Key is, you have to have the blessing of the prophetic, the oil of the Holy Spirit, and also the water that the axe fell in. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. So so, uh, he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. Remember, this is winning souls. Why this man lost his axe, according to Ecclesiastes, it was because it was dull. It was blunt. It was not sharpened. And he assert more strength. Verse 5, 4, verse 5. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. That's very key. I'm rushing to show you. Key is, you must share with every sinner the thought that the Holy Spirit brings to you. For that specific person, that's a borrowed thought. In other words, it's not your own thought. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you must be filled with armor that the Holy Spirit, I'll give you an outline before we close. But I say you must be filled with a lot of scripture and insight and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because the thought that was borrowed is the wisdom. As Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 says, wisdom has the advantage Of giving success. The wisdom is the thought of the Holy Spirit. The idea that comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Verse 6. Then the man of God says, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron to float. The stick is, we must share the cross. Amen. We must share what Jesus has done on the cross. Then the iron will float. 
In other words, the thought will be successful. It will bring about a miracle. Because how can an iron float on water? A new creation. The born again experience. It's a miracle. It's, a, it's only God that can do it. Nobody, you cannot give the person a new birth. We can pray and say, pray with me this prayer, but it's, it depends only on God to give the new birth. And the man picked up the iron. Amen. And the problem was solved. Let me quicken to say to you, while we're in Second Kings chapter 6, just look at chapter 5. I want to show you. You, this little girl, she was the solution to Naaman's leprosy problem. And what if she kept quiet? Her message, the gospel of Jesus, the solution to the sin of leprosy. Amen. Amen. Sin is like leprosy. And sin in that day of Naaman's day, and right through the Bible, was an incurable disease. It was a death sentence. It was like AIDS. It was like cancer of the lungs or the blood cancer. Man, if people hurt, you got leprosy. It means the end is near. And leprosy eats away your flesh. And they believe in those days leprosy was also transferable, contagious. Therefore, they were put under quarantine, under quarantine, under quarantine. You had to separate yourself from others. Before that could happen to Naaman, there was a servant girl, an Israelite. She was a servant, cleaning the toilets, the floor, floors, washing the dishes, washing clothing, putting clothes on the line and, and ironing. My God! But the message she had was so powerful. You mustn't belittle yourself. You mustn't look down upon yourself. And you mustn't think, I cannot speak to my boss. I cannot speak to the supervisor. I cannot speak to this doctor. I cannot speak to the scientist. I cannot speak to this professor. She was just a servant girl. But a message changed the eternal destiny of Naaman. Hallelujah. Amen. And let me read to you because I'm, I'm on the road to show you what happened at the cross. And I'll show you the seven times that Naaman dipped himself in Jordan River. I'll show you the seven wounds plus one, the eight wound in the body of Christ. Because it's the cross and the blood of the cross, the blood of our Lord Jesus that can save you. Hallelujah. Verse 1 of Second Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. 
and highly respected. Do you see to whom she was sharing the gospel? A great man, highly respected. Because of him the Lord had given victory to, to Syria. This man was also a, 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 a valiant warrior, a great, a skillful warrior. But, what a but, he was a leper. He had an incurable disease, which we know in the Bible, leprosy stands for sin. Verse 2, now, what a now. Now the Syrian had, had gone out in bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel. And she was, she waited on Naaman's wife. Do you hear me? And she said to a mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. Verse 3 is the gospel. My God, everything changed from here. Naaman went with horses, with money, with clothes. Based on the word of this girl. My God, what if it didn't happen? But she believed that the man of God, the prophet, can cure him of an incurable disease. Do you believe that Jesus is the cure for sin and for satanic influences? The only solution and cure to heaven, to open heaven for you. Verse 3, and she said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. My Lord, what a message. Here are the seven points that you need to know. Naaman dipped himself seven times. I spiritualize that and give you seven wounds plus one, the eight wound is separated and very special. Amen. We know on the cross, this is the stick that caused the iron to float. This is the gospel that we must share when we speak of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must know we speak of the substitutionary death. Substitution means he took your place. Amen. You, the wages of sin. Please write that scripture down. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. It says the wages of sin is death. Do you hear me? But the free gift of God is eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. In Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 23 is, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal. In other words, salvation is a gift. You cannot work for it. Amen. It's priceless. It, the, you, you cannot pay for it. It's a gift. Amen. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here are the seven wounds. Hallelujah. 
two in the hands. Amen. In the two hands, the wounds of Jesus. Two wounds in his feet. That makes it four. The fifth wound is the one on his back. Hey, do you hear me? The sixth wound is the wound in his head. Hey, they put a crown of thorns upon him. And the seventh wound is the wound in his sight. Man, what's the eighth wound, Pastor Edgar? Is the wound in his heart. The psalmist said, and the chorus, he died of a broken heart for you and me. Oh, wondrous love. He died of a broken heart. And then as you share the gospel, you must say, listen, the blood flowed from his two hands because the Lord wants to redeem by your hands for him so that your hands can work for him. He poured through blood your two feet so that you can work or walk and work for him. Hallelujah. The wound in his back is to take away the load of sin on your back. My God. The wound in his head is that the blood can wash your mind and give you a new mind. Hallelujah. Amen. The wound in his side is to draw you close to him. That you must walk intimately close to the Lord Jesus. Out of his wound, when they put the spear in their blood and water came out. So your Christian walk is the water of the word and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The water is the word and the water is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the blood from his heart is so that you can serve him with all of your heart in Jesus name. Hallelujah. That's what Elisha said to Naaman. And when he came up the seventh time out of the waters of of, 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 uh, uh, of Jordan. He was a new creature. His skin was as new as a baby. Hallelujah. To the glory of God. Amen. Let me before I close. Give you through, through, to other points. That's very important. Amen. Number one. The primary purpose Jesus came. Is to save sinners. Amen. First Timothy chapter one, I think it's verse 15. Let's read that. First Timothy. And they're very important. And I'm moving so that we can close. But after this, I want to show you in a nutshell how Charles Finney taught me how to share the gospel. And it's the biblical way to share the gospel. Next week, I'll elaborate further on it. 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 it says it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am the worst or the foremost do you hear me 
Paul says, I was the worst of sinners. He wants to say, if God can save me, he can save anybody. Amen. You must believe the scripture. Firstly, you must know the gospel is trustworthy. Amen. In other words, what it produces is guaranteed. The problem is the heart of the person or the wrong kind of gospel that we share with people. Do you hear the word of the Lord? Amen. It is a trustworthy statement. It deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Amen. Let me give you three things. That's the true gospel. Please write these three things down. That's the true. Number one, repentance from sin. Number two, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and dying in your place. Amen. And number three, you must be born again. By the word and the spirit. That's the true gospel. Do you hear me? Can I repeat? Repentance from sin. Number two. Receive Jesus not as your savior. He's no one's savior. Unless he's your Lord. Amen. Receive him as your Lord. Lord means let him become the boss of your life. Sitting in the driving seat of your life. Receive him as your Lord. Then he will be your savior. And also believe he died in your place. He paid the price for your sin. The punishment for your sin. My God. Amen. And then thirdly get born again. Let me show you. Just to highlight this and then I think I'll close. Amen. I'll give you next week how the gospel need to be shared. But first write down these five things. He's a savior. Amen. First that what I just quote to you. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. It's a trustworthy statement that Jesus came into the world to save. Please just this is to help sinners. You need a savior and he's a successful savior. Please put these five things down. When a snake has bitten you. Amen. You need a savior. Amen. Amen. And you need to get to a doctor quickly. And all sinners have the poison of the snake Satan in them. Number two. If a lion has a hold of you in a grip, who can save you? Only Jesus can save you. Amen. Do you see that? The snake, the lion, then the fire. If you're in a furnace fire, a fierce fire, everybody will run away. But the Savior, Jesus Will go in that fire. To rescue you. To save you. He took me. Out of hell's fire. And brought me to life. The fourth point is. If you fall in a bottomless pit. 
Hey, who can save you? Jesus is the savior out of a bottomless pit. And number five is the only cure for the incurable sickness of sin. The incurable sickness of sin. My God, Jesus Christ. And now I'm closing by reading to you Isaiah chapter 53 that speaks of the cross. Amen. Amen. And then we'll close. Isaiah 53. I'm reading for you from verse 3 to verse 6. He was despised and forsaken of men. A man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteem him stricken from God, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5 and 6 are very important. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. Do you see the substitutionary death? He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused <coughs> the iniquity of us all to fall upon him. My Lord. Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. To bring peace with God, Christ had to pay the price for our sin. And that brought us to God. Amen. I'm reading the last verse, uh, Isaiah 1. Verse 18. Hallelujah. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says. I need to close with this. Come. It says let us reason together. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 1 verse 18. It says here. It says come now. Let us reason together. Says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet. They will be as white as snow. They, though they read like crimson, they shall be like wool. Amen. The word is come. Breaking up the word come says, the sea, let the children come. The O, let the old people come. And the M, let the middle age or middle class, let them come. And the E, let everyone come. The invitation is there. Please, brother and sister, let's go out there and share the gospel. Whether it's by leaving a track, sending a SMS, a WhatsApp, a text. But let's share the gospel with our family, friends, and anybody on the road. Let us, like that little girl, not keep quiet and allow people to die in their sin. 
Satan will attack us and oppose us. But if we lack strength in the day of adversity, it's because we don't have power. We want the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord bless you as we listen to Dallas home. At my worst, he found me. Amen. And then wait for the blessing of the Lord. And after this, we'll break bread in our houses. Soul.